0: Welcome back to episode two. This is going to be the best episode I do out of the three. I am guaranteeing it right now. I'm slapping the Joe Namath Super Bowl 3 We're going to go out there and beat Johnny Unitas and the Baltimore Coats win. That's what we're doing, okay? Episode's going to be Mount Rushmore slash Dream Team, okay? We got a few rules here. We're going to have championships don't matter. doesn't matter if you've got... Six like Jordan, eleven like Russell or seven like Brady doesn't matter okay you get players from any era you get you can't pick a player the same player from a different team that that's that's all there is to it so you can't pick Brady of the Patriots and also Brady of the Buccaneers like that's not how that works and that's a really bad example because quarterbacks we're only going to get one that's all we're going to get so but say i don't know who's who's pools albert pools you can't have albert pools with the cardinals and albert pools of the angels he can't be your one and two first baseman that doesn't work okay uh and no more than three players from the same team of any team so and here's the example you can't pick Th- you can't pick the whole team of the 27 yankees or the 96 bulls so that means if you're going to pick players off the 96 bulls you're th- you get three players off that team and that's it that's all you can pick okay yeah for baseball it's real simple we're gonna have eight positions obviously uh you get your position players and then for pitchers you're gonna have a uh One lefty, one righty, and a closer, okay? Then for football-wise, we're picking your best 11 offensive players that you think are the best of all time, in your opinion. And this is all your own opinion, but I am open for debate, as always. So you can set up your offense however you want. You can go QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, and you have to have five linemen, okay? Okay. So, you're going to do some research on this, obviously, because unless you can tell me who the top four linemen of all time are, let me know. All right. So, or you can set it up with a quarterback, a running back, a fullback, and then two wide receivers. Or you can go three wide receivers and no tight end. Um, but you only get 11, okay? And you have to fill out your line. Defense, <laughs> defense we're going to play, you get 11 guys on defense. And then you have to pick a defense and stick with that defense. My example today is going to be a 4-3 defense. 4-3 defenses are my favorite. Okay? For basketball, we're taking your top 12. doesn't matter. But you have to fill out each position. Okay? So if you want to go guard, guard, that's fine. But I prefer the old method of point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, and center. So that's how I'm going to set mine up uh hockey and we're gonna do three lines here okay you're gonna get three goalies and then you're gonna get three lines so that means you get how many players on a hockey team you get a total of six defensemen and you get a total of nine forwards okay i know and all my hockey fans are gonna kill me because they're like, "That's too many players for a hockey team." I'm like, that's fine. It's my show, and I'm gonna run it how I want to. Enough said. Okay, before we get into the teams, though, here are going to be. I like to do individual sports as well, um, just to say spark a little bit more debate. Um, a lot of people don't know some some people, some sports, so here are a few of my favorite individual sports figures men's tennis you have rafael Naldal. okay no i mean he just won his 21st grand slam um i think that's most by a men's tennis player of all time so, women's tennis is martina navratilova 59 women's titles okay we got golf um we're just going jack nicholas um the golden bear uh, real simple real easy to choose from Oh, yeah, granted, Tiger made golf fun, but if we really want to get down to the nitty-gritty, everybody started golfing because of Happy Gilmore. If you're a kid from the 90s, you started golfing because you wanted to swing the club like Happy Gil- Gilmore, not Tiger Woods, okay? You also, for bowling, we're going Pete Weber because dudes wear shades inside, and that dude gives no Fs, okay? Poker, Daniel Nagarano. I know poker's not a sport, but uh, actually, you know... It is. I think World Championship, World Series of Poker is actually a sport here. I mean, it takes a lot of mental, and you got to know your opponent. I mean, a lot of strategy there. And then, here's my one out of the blue. Because I watched the Cricket World Cup, I don't know, like three years ago. Or actually, I should say back, not three years ago. The last time it aired, um, the time before that. So, two World Cups ago. And this guy was just blew my mind. I have no idea what you're doing in cricket, but I'd like to learn it. Uh, Sachin Tendulkar is probably the best cricket player of all time. All right, so now that I murdered somebody's name because we got to do that one one show every episode, so let's get onto the uh, let's get on the program, shall we? All right, we're gonna lead off with baseball. Here are my starters, and there's some you guys are going to cringe at this first one. I'm going left field, my starting left fielder is going to be Barry Bonds. Okay, pre 2001, I say pre 2001 because he had already won four league MVP trophies before 2001, he was already a future Hall of Famer. And then he just decided to join the crowd of Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire and allegedly do steroids. I mean, nothing's been proven, so it's allegedly. Um, so we might as well get that one out of the way right away. Also in left field, he's going to be coming off the bench, is going to be Teddy Ballgame Williams. Okay. In right field, we're going to have Ruth and we're going to have Mantle. Aha. See, now you're going to say, I thought you said you couldn't pick players from the same team. No, I said, these two aren't the same team. They're from the Yankees, yes. But one's from twenty, from the 20s, and the other one's from the 50s. And center field. And also Mantle played right field more than he did center field because he couldn't play center field due to DiMaggio being in center field. So next up, we have Ken Griffey Jr., the kid. Everybody started wearing their hat backwards because of Ken Griffey Jr. in 1989. Comes up, starts playing batting practice with his hat backwards. Every little kid wanted to be him. Enough said. I wanted to be him every single day. I played center field because Ken Griffey Jr. Also, at center field is backup Joe DiMaggio. All right. So, we got two players from Manuel and DiMaggio played together. So, we got one more player from that team. That's it. Next up, I got Mike Schmidt, who's probably the best hitting, best power hitting third baseman of all time. Okay. And behind him, we have Wade Boggs, the best Hitting third baseman of all time, I mean that guy could fly across the, uh, he could fly across the country and get hammered and then get ready to be ready to play the same the next day, all hung over and everything else. Wade Boggs with the epitome of I'm going to show up and hit the ball. That's all he did. Shortstop, I got Derek Jeter. We got Yankees on this team, but what are you going to do? You got Cal Ripken Jr., Mr. Iron Man himself. I mean that he he was a slick infielder. He was a very slick shortstop, and he was a tall shortstop, which is very very unique in itself to have a six foot one shortstop. Because usually you had your six foot one guys on the corners, but Ripken played six foot was six foot one shortstop. Second base, a little bit of Homer here, Uh, you know, Ryan Sandberg. Now everybody's like gonna be like Ryan Sandberg why is he your best second baseman for well besides being the first seven million dollar man in baseball besides actually winning a a MVP in 1984 and also he never won a World Series but again World Series don't count so it doesn't matter to me he also had more airless innings than anybody else. He also had more gold gloves at a se- gold gloves as a second baseman. He also batted 289. He also had drove in runs. He batted second and he w- and he was a 30-30 guy at one point. I mean, he he was the epitome of a player that went out and played the game the right way every single day. Um, and Win or lose, he put it all on the field every single day. Uh, another guy, my other second baseman, Jackie Robinson. I mean, let's be real. Jackie Robinson probably would have had... Would definitely have been the steals leader if he didn't play in the 40s. That guy was fast. I mean, he was a track star at UCLA for crying out loud. Like, he could... He could steal home. He could still. He wasn't afraid to steal bases. Um, baseball right now has gotten away from stealing bases, and I think that's kind of hurt the game. We're striking out a lot. We're swinging for the fences. I granted, home runs are nice, and but let's move our move our runners around. First base, we got Gehrig, and I mean, I, I don't have to tell you any more about Lou Gehrig. The guy was just a beast. Um, he would be good in any decade at forever. Um, he was just a really big farm kid from North Dakota. Alright. Behind him we have Albert Pujols. Okay. You can take Albert Pujols from I prefer St. Louis because I think he's kind of died off since he's gone to the Angels. Alright. <clears throat> Next up we have Ketcher. Uh I got Josh Gibson. Um, I th- he was by far one of the Greatest Negro League players of all time. Um, they're obviously they didn't keep very well records back then, but he definitely um, hit a lot of home runs. Uh, I mean, some people say he hit about nine hundred home runs. Uh, the guy could catch, and he played with Satchel Paige, and he played with played with Jackie Robinson, and he was he was a very 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 good <coughs> baseball player all around and he didn't have a temporary I bet he probably would have been the first one up but that's where we're at uh behind him is Johnny Bench another guy that that just had the epic just had the the build to just go out there and play hard every single day Johnny Bench was just a rock behind that re- big red machine in the 70s uh for pitchers I've uh, got to go with the big unit uh, Randy Johnson, six foot ten lefty, out of Seattle. You know, one. He started with Houston, I believe. That's who? Uh, no, that would have been. Anyway, he came up with with the Mariners. He won World Series with the Diamondbacks. I mean, the guy is six ten, dominating lefty. Okay. On the other side, as my right-handed pitcher, I got Walter Big Train Johnson. I mean, this guy would mow down hitters in the twenties and thirties all day, every day. I mean, he did get the Washington Senators a a world championship. Also, <clears throat> I do have an honorable mention, two honorable mentions for pitchers, by the way. Uh, Satchel Page, or I should say, three Satchel Page, Bob Gibson, Greg Maddox. Those three right there are Satchel Page for his longevity. Bob Gibson, because he's the reason why they had to raise the mound. And then Greg Maddox wasn't, didn't throw the hardest ball, but he knew where to put it. And that's a huge thing as, as a pitcher even now. Um, you don't have a pitcher out there that can just pin, pinpoint accuracy. Kyle Hendricks of the Cubs can do it every once in a while, but there's not that pitcher that is just going to get it in there for a strike when he needs to. Uh, closer, Mariano Rivera. I mean, who else? There's, there's no question. Um, yeah, there's a lot of Yankees on this team, they're from different eras. Because when you have the number of championships that the Yankees have, you're going to have a lot of players that were really good. Uh, so that, so baseball. So please let me know about your baseball takes again. Still going to get that uh, email address up. Uh, you can, and we'll get that situated and you can start emailing me all the, the fan mail or disagreement mail you want me to. And I'll read it and we can, and I'll debate, I'll read, you, read it on, read it on there and we'll debate and I'll debate you right then and there. All right. All right. Let's move on to baseball or basketball. We just did baseball. Let's move to basketball. All right. So, basketball. Top 12 players. Let's start with point guard. We're going to go Allen Iverson because Duke can just score. Six foot one. He's scoring a machine. Okay. But at the same time, we need someone to pass the ball. All right. So we we bring off Iverson off the bench. We need a quick score. You bring in, you have Stockton as your starter. John Stockton, all-time assist leader. He's going to dish the ball out. He's going to make some shots when you need to. He's, He's just that guy. Uh, as your 12th, as your 11th guy on the bench, we're going Dennis Johnson. I mean, he played heck of a defense for those 80 Celtics. Um, doesn't get a lot of recognition because of that 80 Celtics, but with Parish and Bird and Mikel on there, I mean, DJ gets his due. Then we go to shooting guard. I mean, there's no hands down, no other options. You got Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. That's it. Nobody else. Okay, let's go to small forward. Small forward, we got LeBron James. I know people are gonna be like, oh, "I thought you don't like LeBron." I don't, but I couldn't. There's not another small forward out there that I will, that I could put there. I mean, I got Gervin as my number two. I mean, because George Gervin, the Ice Man, for crying out loud. And they'll be like, "Well, you know, here's the deal." Larry Bird played forward, power forward. And small forward. So if I'm going to stretch this thing. By the way, next player on this thing is Larry Bird. So if I'm going to stretch this thing. I'm going to put Larry Bird out there. I'm going to have James out there. I'm going to have Jordan and Bryant out there as well. And Iverson. That's how I'm going to stretch that floor. Is what I'm going to do. You know, get all five of it. Oh, yeah. Three guys. To, three, four guys that can drive. Kick it out to Bird. He's knocking down the shot. Cause if there's one thing we know about Larry Bird, he's not missing. The kid from French Lick, Indiana, is not missing a shot. I mean, he's gonna—he walks into a three-point contest and looks around as who's gonna finish second. That's how much confidence that kid's got in his game. All right. Next up, we got Dennis Rodman. Cause you know we're gonna need somebody to rebound. We're gonna need someone to bring a little fierceness, a little toughness to our defense. We need Rodman out there. To get those loose boards. We need him to throw his body around. Because that's the way he was best for. Throwing his body around. Reckless abandonment. Abandonment is what he played with. Then we have Timmy Duncan. Mr. Fundamental. I mean, the guy was just giving the ball. Let me turn around. Bank it in. We're going down the other court because we just scored two points. That's what he's going to do all day. We got Garnett. Because you know what? You need that defensive anchor. You know? You need that guy to be in late games. You need to have that guy in the middle of the court telling everybody where to go. You need Kevin Garnett to be that guy. He was it for the O.A. Celtics. He was that for the Timberwolves. He's been that for everywhere he's gone. He's just that guy to be your defensive anchor. And that's what we need late in the game. That's it. Oh, we got one more. Oh, my gosh. I can't forget this. Big Aristotle Shaquille O'Neal. I mean we have not seen I have not seen in my lifetime a more dominant center. This guy, seven foot two, three hundred and some pounds, would wreck basketball hoops, bring and they would have to call a ten minute intermission just to bring a new hoop in because the dude broke the glass or broke the arm of it. I mean, we can talk about Wilt Chamberlain. We can talk about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and how they dominated their eras, or George Mikan back in the '40s. But Shaquille O'Neal, by far, would probably dominate all of those guys. Russell might be able to stop him a little bit. I mean, because Russell did keep Chamberlain in check all those years between the Celtics and the Warriors. But I'm still thinking, I'm still taking O'Neal with the definitely with the with his power and the way he can move people out of the way. Next on, we're going to go to football. Okay. And, you know, last episode I talked about Tom Brady being the GOAT. Well, you know, if you're going to be the GOAT, I guess you better make my top 11 offensive players. So, on um, so Tom Brady, you're my starting quarterback. All right. I got <clears throat> I got two running backs. I got Gale Sayers who scored 5 touchdowns in one game for the Chicago Bears. Injuries and an ACL tear in the sixties cut his cut his game short, because um, basically knee injuries back then ended careers. He was by far probably one of one of the best running backs of all time. Didn't get a play, didn't get only like I said, only played for about five years, and then had to call it quits. Jim Brown, this guy, Jim Brown from Syracuse, Jim Brown from the Cleveland Browns. He ran people over. You talk about Adrian Peterson looking for contact. Jim Brown looked for contact every time he went down the field. Every time he touched the ball, he was looking to punish someone for trying to tackle him. That man of a monster, I mean, but was just a beast on that Browns team. Uh, also, his career was cut short because he was currently acting in the Dirty Dozen and they wanted him to report to spring train or to uh, pre- preseason to training camp, and he picked uh, star in the movies instead. So there's that. Next up, we're gonna go, we're gonna two wide receiver set. We got we're gonna have our speed on the outside. We're gonna have our six foot four. I can burn anybody down the sideline. Throw throw me the ball and I'll go get it. And that's Mr. Randy Moss. We already know Brady and Moss work together. We we've pro that's been proven. So why not put Moss on there? Let Moss run down the sidelines and let him just catch it. I mean that's that's what he does. Just get him the ball. I mean, ain't no one gonna stop him. Alright. And then you have the GOAT at wide receiver. Jerry Rice. The man that could catch anything. The man that wasn't even that fast at his forty. But you put him on a football field and he could out he'd figured a way to beat you. On the football field, so we got Jerry Rice. We're gonna have him as our underneath, underneath guy. Tight end. We're going with Tony G. Tony Gonzalez. I mean, this. I understand Rob Gronkowski is the big thing, uh, Mister Brute Force himself. George Kittle's nice. Travis Kelsey's nice. Uh, but Lance Allworth was nice. Mr. Kellen Winslow Sr. is a nice pick at tight end. But Tony Gonzalez is probably the most underrated tight end of all time. And should be really listed. I mean, I understand. I understand. Like, Tony G's not for everybody. But he did everything. I like Tony Gonzalez a lot. That's why I put him on my list. Enough said. And it's my list and I'll make it whatever I want to. All right, for tackles, we're going Jackie Slater and Art Shell, <laughs> Two behemoths of men on the end of that line that's going to just open up room everywhere. On the inside, we're going to go with Alan Fanica and Larry Allen. Two more big guys on the inside. I mean, you could throw in Steve Hutchinson in there. He's cool. He's great. But I think Larry Allen and Alan Fanica can just open up holes. They just explode those line. That your lineman off the ball get you and then have those holes open for Sayers and Brown just to run down the field wow that's crazy and then at center we're going with Jim Otto from from the Raiders again another big guy another guy that could hit hit you hard and move you out of the way and that's what we're looking for on our line is we want to get people out of the way to let our backs run in just think of that nice little pocket break you would have with those five guys he would just be able to toss balls all day long everywhere. All right, now let's go with our defense. A little 4 3 defense here, okay? We're gonna go defensive ends. We got Charles Haley and Bruce Smith. Uh, I mean, we got your fast guy with Haley, we got your power guy with Smith. I mean, you got a good equal t- opportunity here to get to the quarterback with just your DNs, okay? Plus, Smith and Haley both know how to contain. As they were former linebackers in college. So there we go. On the inside, we're going to go with Warren Sapp and John Randall. I mean, look, just look at those two guys. Two 300 pound, well, Sapp's probably about 300, and then you got Randall about 285, and those guys just got to the, just nailed the ball carrier down. It's what they did. Warren Sapp got sacks, so did. Randall. I mean they were just beasts at their position. Linebackers next. Now, there's a lot of a lot of options for a linebacker, but I got I got two outside linebackers that if Smith and Haley aren't gonna get to the QB and Randall and and Warren aren't gonna get to the QB, they're definitely getting the QB. And that's Lawrence LT Taylor. I mean, just as Joe Theismann. I mean, that's the nastiest break ever on a football field. And Derek Thomas, Mister Seven Sacks in one game. At those two guys blitzing from the outside. I mean, we're just going to be blitzing. We're just going to put eight in the box, and we're just going to blitz. That's what we're going to do with this team. We're just going to make you try to air it out, which isn't going to happen. Because wait till I get to my deep, my defensive backs, and then you'd be like, "How are you going to even?" catch a ball with those guys covering the guys middle linebacker dick butkus i mean hard hitting you come across the middle you're getting hit you try to run out the middle you're getting hit butkus would just run dudes over that's what he would do as linebacker people were afraid to go to go across the middle because of him he ended careers i'm sure I mean but you could also you know, outside Lambert, you could also throw in their Jack Youngblood and you could throw in Jack Ham. Um Youngblood played on a broken leg. So there's that. He's tough. Um, so let's move our back let's move to our secondary. Okay, we're gonna run cornerbacks, I'm gonna cover your wide receivers with Lester Hayes and Dion Primetime Sanders. Like tell me those you ain't you, no way you can no way you're completing a pass with those two guys. And if they do intercept it, or when they do intercept it, I should say, they're taking it back for six. So we just turned our defense into a great offensive weapon as well. Uh, safeties, I'm going Ronnie Lott and Troy Palamalu. Ronnie Lott is probably the hardest-hitting safety of all time. He is, pro- is the reason why... <laughs> There are so many, everybody want all these safeties they are trying to headhunt back in the day of wide receivers going across the middle. Because Ronnie Lott set the tone for those that Niners defense. Even when he played with the Jets, he set the tone for that defense too. And the Raiders. Ronnie Lott was just a bad dude. He was just a bad dude on the football field. I mean, he even broke the tip of his finger and bit it off. Allegedly bit it off. But either way... And it went right back out there, and then Troy Palomalo, he's a stack the box, like I said we're gonna bringing eight he's gonna get that covered, and away we go now we're gonna have a special team we' right here we got a punter we're going with Reggie Roby because he's gonna nail that thing inside the five where if we have to punt, we are pinning you deep with Reggie roby's leg kicker Adam Venetaria because he's mr. consistent, okay, probably not. The consistent, most consistent kicker of all time. But he is definitely a top three consistent kicker of all time. Plus, he has ice in his veins. Kicking Super Bowl wins. You know, and he's just that guy. If you need a field goal, he's going to get it done for you. And then we're going to have an explosive returner in Devin Hester. Man's got six returns for touchdowns, most all time. Devin Hester... Basically carried that Bears defense at times, or that Bears team at times, and then he would go out there and play wide receiver and cornerback at the same time too. So Devin Hester, I'm looking at you, bro. Should be in the Hall of Fame. Just saying, just for your turn game. All right, let's move on to hockey. We got goalies. Uh, I mean, between the pipes, these three guys aren't you ain't you ain't scoring a goal. We got Martin Brodeur. All right. Patrick Waugh, Jacques Plant, okay? Defense, oh, man, you, you're going to hate coming down. You're going to hate coming down because this guy's going to check. And the beautiful about the, thing about these defensemen, though, they can turn this into offense as well. So we got Ray Bork. We got Nicholas Lindstrom. We got Paul Coffey. We got Bobby Orr we got Al McInnes and Chris Chelios. I mean, those are offensive guys that are going to hit you hard as well. Okay. Then, for our forwards, we're going with Gretzky, Yager, Messier, Gordie Howe, Stevie Y. Stevie y. We're going Mario Lemieux, Joe Sackett, and we are going, the last guy is Luke Robitaille. I know, geez, why would you put Luke Robita? I mean, he was my favorite hockey player, that's why. That's what, Enough said, I'm just putting him out there because he was my favorite hockey player. Probably doesn't deserve, be, deserve to be on this list, but he was my favorite L.A. Kings hockey player growing up. Him and Rob Blake, they were just a couple badasses. Uh-oh. So there's my list of Mount Rushmore's. Um, I went really quick, I would say. But at the end of the day, you hey, I appreciate you listening. I can't wait to hear you guys' feedback on what you think, where I got it wrong at. Um, I know the guys at my work, if you're listening to this, you're definitely going to tell me where I got it wrong at. So I'll be happy to hear it. And I'll, uh, I'll as always, thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. Have a great day. So, there's that. Alright, I'm going to go off net rankings that the that's that's what i'm using is net rankings that i like the net rankings uh it's better for to get an understanding of what an actual team is because it gives it breaks down uh gives you points for gives you an extra point for a road win deducts things for home losses breaks down the quad quad win so the top fifty or fifty five teams and quad and then just breaks it down that way and see how many quad wins you have because realistically the higher competition you're playing the and on less neutral sites it's probably going to give a figure a way of how you're going to actually do in the tournament so real quick the top 25 of the net rankings is Zegas 1, Arizona's 2, Houston's 3, Baylor's 4, Kentucky's 5, Duke's 6, Villanova's 7, Tennessee is 9th, or sorry, 8th, my bad. Kansas is 9th, Auburn's 10, Texas Tech is 11, UCLA is 12, Purdue is 13, Illinois is 14, Iowa is 15, Texas is 16, LSU is 17, Yukon's 18, St. Mary's is 19. Wisconsin's 20. Ohio State's 21. Arkansas is 22. Murray State's 23. Providence is 24. And Alabama is 25. So there's your top 25 in net rankings. Guy also, Mr. Phil Journal 5, I was also stated that Wisconsin's got like the most quad, third most quad one wins. But yet, as you can tell by their net rankings, which is their offense efficiency. Minus their defensive, defensive, if, 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 defensive efficiency, and then they get deducted for home wins, neutral, law, road, road wins, home losses, road losses, and then neutral gets a little bit of of who you're playing. So, yeah, Wisconsin is, yeah, Wisconsin's sole sole owner of the of the Big Ten title. Okay, Wisconsin's probably going to get a two or a three seed depending on how well they do in the Big Ten tournament. I feel if they get a, they might even sneak into a one seed, depending on what the other ones do. Um, So, yeah. I think Wisconsin is Wisconsin and is going to be that way all the time. Uh, Gonzaga lost to St. Mary's. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, Gonzaga lost to St. Mary's. Um, If you watch any college basketball, you'd understand that That. Zaga and St. Mary's always have tough games. Even when St. Mary's could only have like one or two win, or be like nine or ten win season, guess what's gonna, still going to happen? They're still going to come out and play Gonzaga hard, and the Zags are going to be in trouble. Um, so, also, I'm going to break down some bracketology as well on this. You're going to use that. The guy I like to look at is Joe Linardi. On ESPN, He's pretty accurate on what he's got going on. So right now he's got his last four buys being North Carolina, San Francisco, Wyoming, and Michigan. I don't understand how Michigan gets in. I mean, I thought that we had a rule of at least getting 20 wins to make the big dance. Michigan's not there. Uh, he's got the last four in as being Rutgers, Xavier, Memphis, Loyola, Loyola Chicago. The first four out. There's going to be Indiana, BYU, SMU, and Virginia Tech, and then the next four out are VCU, Florida, Oregon, and Dayton and Dayton, Daytona. Jeez, Dayton. Apparently, I still have the Daytona 500 on my mind. So you got Dayton as well. So I don't know. Understand how Michigan gets in? Rutgers, I can see that. Rutgers is some big wins. Indiana, I understand them being out. SMU, and eh, they're on the bubble to me. Now, when we're talking about the last four buys, that means uh, they don't have to play the four play-in games. The last four in don't necessarily have to play, are the ones that are going to be playing in the play-in games. And then your first four out are the ones that are like 69 through 72. And then the next four are your 73 to seventy what was that? 76 rankings. Okay, so they just barely missed it. So, net. So Lenardi has Purdue at a three, which I can understand that. He has Wisconsin at two. I'd uh, I could see that as well. Um. He's got his top four being Zaga, Arizona, Baylor, and Auburn. Um. I think that I'd go with those. Maybe see what Auburn does in the tournament. I think Wisconsin and Auburn could probably flip spots. I mean, I wouldn't be hurtful by that. Iowa jumps up, is all the way up to six now, and they were, at one point, not making it. Um, His four number twos, I just saw that on my screen, so that's why. So his four number twos, Wisconsin, Kansas, Duke, and Kentucky. Those are some solid number twos. Again, the only one I would take away is... I'd probably move. I I could see Wisconsin being one, honestly. Yes, Field Journal Five. If you're listening to this, I have Wisconsin at one. All right. Um. Let's see. I just. He's got a conference breakdown. I just. I don't know. You'll have to go check out his out his list. I. I think so. Let's just take. Let's just take one region of this. So we'll take the West region. You got Zaga playing either New Orleans or Alabama state. You got Iowa state versus Creighton at the eight, nine game five and 12 is Alabama, South Dakota state four is UCLA Towson six is St. Mary's in Michigan. Again, I don't see Michigan being there. I, I can go, we can go check out the net rate net rankings. And I'll tell you where Michigan's at here in a second, Texas tech versus Seattle, Colorado state versus North Carolina, Wisconsin, Montana state. Um, I think we move Wisconsin to the one seed and move them out east to the Philadelphia region. Excuse me. And I think we make Auburn, Auburn, the number two in the South and move Duke to the number two in the Midwest region. And then move Kansas to the West. I think that's how we move that around. Um, I'm looking at here, and I think Iowa can make a deep run if this is the bracket that comes out. I think Michigan State can make a good, pretty good run. They're going to be a 7 seed out coming out of Indianapolis against Notre Dame and Kentucky and Longwood. I think Michigan State Longwood, and Kentucky would be a good matchup, 2-7. Uh, um, again, I'd, I would take Auburn over... Yeah, I'm, I mean, because... So, right now they got Milwaukee... So they got Milwaukee as a site. Okay, Wisconsin's a two seed. So that means they're going to be the top two. So just make them the one. I don't think Auburn's that great. I mean, they have, they were the number one ranking for a little bit here. But I like Rutgers at a 12. Um, San Diego State. Eh, we'll see how they do in the, in the tournament. They're not really that hot this year. UConn's been on fire. Like, it looks like the old UConn teams. Duke is, uh, I think Duke had, if this is, so, if the Duke pr- bracket goes, so Duke's in the south right now, okay? That's how he has it. I'd obviously move him elsewhere, move him up, okay? But he has him in the south, so they got him coming out of Greenville. So, Baylor is one in that rank in that and they're playing at Fort Worth as the host site there. So Baylor would play, beat Norfolk State, play Marquette or Miami. Eh, I don't think either of those are really tough games. So Baylor's getting at least to the Sweet 16. Then, yeah, UConn versus Rutgers or Loyola, Chicago, Houston, and Toledo. I think UConn gets there out of that. He gets to the Sweet 16 out of that. Ohio State, Davidson, Tennessee, Texas Tech, or Texas State, um, I think Tennessee gets out out of that one, um, definitely, Tennessee, and then Duke's got, will play the winner of Boise State or San Francisco, and I think it's going to be a Duke, it'll be Duke and Baylor in the Elite uh, on that one, alright, let's go back up to the West region quick, um, Zago would play the winner of the Iowa State-Creighton game. Uh, I think Creighton pulls that game out. Sorry, Iowa State fans. Um, you got Alabama and South Dakota State. UCLA, Towson. Um, UCLA pulls that out um, and, gets, and gets to the Sweet 16. You got St. Mary's, Michigan. Again, Michigan shouldn't be there. Um, Texas Tech, Seattle, and Seattle uh i definitely think the st mary's gets out of there st mary's is way better than a six seed uh out of the the next little section there you got colorado state north carolina wisconsin montana state i think wisconsin gets out of there um they beat montana state handily then they have a little fight against north carolina but get to the sweet 16 anyways so then you're left with zaga ucla st mary's and wisconsin think St. Mary's can pull it out and beat Wisconsin. And I think we can have a Zeg I think we could actually have a potential Zag St. Mary's um, showdown in San Francisco. If that bracket holds true. And that would be a game I'd definitely want to watch. And I would encourage all you guys to watch as well. In the East, we got Auburn beating Cleveland State or Bryant. We got Seton Hall, Wake Forest. Definitely going to go with Seton Hall there. Wake Forest is up and coming. But Seton Hall has been putting on a show this year too. Um. Arkansas, North Texas, Illinois, Vermont, the next spots. And this is in Milwaukee, so Illinois comes out of that. Arkansas, I know you're in the SEC, made some improvements this year. Then next four, got Iowa, Xavier, Memphis, Villanova, Princeton. If Iowa plays Memphis, they might not make a deep run. If Iowa has to play Memphis, they might not have have to have – because that Memphis team is finally getting healthy. And Hardaway has got them – Playing hard. Um, I had Nova and Princeton. That's going to be a good matchup, even though Princeton's a 14. I Princeton's always good, a good basketball team for some reason. Uh, it's like the one thing they invest into as well. Uh, then you got Michigan State, Notre Dame, Kentucky, Longwood. I think that, Jeez. that 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 setup right there, that little eight team run right there, is going to be the toughest out of this whole tournament. It looks like, um. So I'm going with, (coughs) jeez, I have no idea. I think Kentucky, Kentucky or Michigan State, Iowa, Memphis could all get out of that. Nova could get out of that as well. So let's go Nova. I mean, let's go Nova making the Sweet 16 out of that group. So then we'll have a Nova and let's go with an Auburn showdown up top. Auburn because they've been the top team. So you got Nova and Auburn. Um I'm going Nova so I'll have, and then I'm going Mary's St Mary's over Gonzaga St Mary's over Gonzaga since it's in San Francisco so I got St Mary's Nova I got a six seed and a three seed on one side of the bracket the other side of the bracket we got Arizona Long Beach State TCU Murray State Arizona obviously Texas um Chattanooga Providence Iona, Providence, the, the the Friars are fire. Uh, LSU, Wyoming, Purdue, Northern Iowa. Um, Purdue. USC, San Diego State, Kansas, Jacksonville State. Uh, let's go Kansas. So we'll have Kansas versus Purdue. Kansas wins. Have Arizona versus Providence. Arizona wins. Arizona, Kansas. Um, and Arizona wins. So St. Mary's, Nova. Kansas. And the last but not least, we're going with Duke. Kansas-Duke. And I'm going to say a final of Duke and Nova with Krzyzewski going out on top. That's how it's going to play out. Dukes are winning. Dukes winning the title. All right. Now let's, let's talk about Michigan basketball real quick because we got them ranked here. So here's Michigan. This is why I say Michigan should not be 11 seed or even trying to make this turn they're 16 and 13 they're 4 and 7 on the road 2 and 1 on a neutral site they're 10 and 5 at home they're 4 and 10 against quad one teams 4 and 2 against quad 2 quad 3 they're 5 and 1 and quad 4 they're 3 and 0 so guess what that to me right there tells me they're not they shouldn't be there I mean I'd swap them out let's get down here let's get down this list let's get to the bubble teams all right you got Belmont Okay, We didn't even talk about Belmont on here. Chattanooga's doing really well. I mean, let's, let's, not, let's not give teams the benefit of the doubt just because they are in one of the Power 5 conferences. That's the whole problem with college sports, is we put more emphasis on being a big school than we do on who we're actually playing or what we're actually doing. That's ridiculous to me. South Dakota State gets in because it's an automatic qualifier. but And they're a 71 net ranking. Let's, I mean, for crying out loud, people! Well, again, why why are we putting such emphasis on this? So if we go quad one wins, okay, quad one wins. Let's go that route. Baylor has the most quad one wins. Quad one wins at twelve and four. Baylor's a hot team, okay? They're fourteen and two at home. Um, but I'm not having one. The you know, I'm not having. I'm not taking them. They're in too tough tough of a of a bracket. So, look, it's just, yeah, because, jeez, I mean, I don't know. Anyways, uh, basketball season, the, we could, I can get more into the detail. I don't have enough time, apparently, because it's telling me to wrap it up. (laughs) I only get an hour, and I'm already at 47 minutes. So, I hope you guys got some insight out of this. Um, we're going to see if my bracket proves right. I am going to tweet this out. Find me on TikTok. Uh, still hit me up with the email address. We didn't have any email listener emails this, this week, but that's fine. Uh, I got to talk baseball and college basketball to my favorite things. Um, also you can send me an email still at one guy with a mic at gmail.com. Find me on Twitch at one guy with a one guy with a mic sportscast. Uh, You can find me on Apple, Amazon. Uh, I really need to get a website going. So, anybody out there know how to put a website together? We could probably hook that up, right? I mean, I just need someone to help me out, reach out to me, see about setting up a website. That'd be great. Uh, That way we can get a little more traffic going here. Continue to build this thing. Also, my voice is a little bit raspy this morning. If just wanted to, thanks to my shout out to my eighth grade basketball team that. We played hell of a game last night. Lost 28-26 in the last few seconds, um, but that team, those guys for a group of, we had started off ten, had three quit, but ended up with seven. And those seven kids, I tell you what, in this last month have, have have grow, for guys that have not picked up a basketball at all in October, since before October, guys that didn't know how to dribble, didn't know what a layup was or a three pointer was. Those guys came out and showed up every single every single game, and I'm super proud of those eighth graders. And I know some of them are listening to this. So again, guys, congrats on the season. We did we won two games, which I'm super proud of, especially with the experience that we had. So good good job there, guys. Um, also, thanks to the parents on that team for making coaching easy. Uh, Usually. If, usually when you get usually when you as I've said on my youth sports sometimes parents get overly involved or underly involved there's not really a happy place but these parents were probably the greatest parents I've dealt with on a on a basketball standpoint I mean I've had really good you know coaching girls girls sports you know it ranks these parents rank right up there that they held their kids accountable, got them to practice got them to the games was positive no matter what the score was and it was a great season it's the reason why i like coaching new sports is to is that right there so reach out to me if you have any questions comments find me on twitter one guy with a mic uh find me on tiktok one guy with a mic you know just trying to make this brand big also Check out Supercell on Twitch. He'll be streaming at one o'clock. Well, I guess tomorrow's his birthday, so he's doing an all-night stream tonight, um, into into tomorrow since he turns like thirty-one, I think. Also, check out Go Kart Racing Forty Three. He's on Twitch. Um, Mike Drowe, he does a lot of MLB the show. So, just trying to get some of these guys that you know pro th- promote this podcast. And get them little shout-outs on my podcast, promoting their stuff as well. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, we all got to help each other out, right? I mean, how else are you going to get big? So, appreciate y'all. Thanks for listening. Tell someone you love them. Also, if you haven't done so already, hit that follow button. Ring that bell. Again, we're out there everywhere. You can Google us and should be able to pop up. I got to get on Google Podcast. That's my goal for this weekend. So, then we'll be... Big time in it everywhere. So have a great day. Have a great week. See y'all next week. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude. And I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact. Here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. The Pigskin Tales podcast is all about the lesser-known pro football players. Yes, there are stories about the ones we know, like Brad Tarkenton and Harold Red Grange. But have you ever heard of Ernie Nevers, about Dave Osborne, or even Grady Alderman? These men created their own path to the NFL. How did they do it? Listen to the Pigskin Tales podcast. Now streaming on your favorite music platform. Go to pigskintales.com. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast.